Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The Slaughter Podcast will be discussing topics that some listeners may find disturbing. If you're still with us, then you're a weirdo. But don't worry, you're our kind of weirdo. So, this is episode one of Slaughter. My name is Lucy. My name's Emma. And I've been so excited to record this podcast for such a long time. We're both big true crime fans. Yeah, you've been blowing up my phone about research, <laughs> research, research. So it's finally here. Sorta is finally a podcast. I'm super excited. Um, uh, we've we've been into true crime for a long time, but I think it started really that we're into kind of weird documentaries. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, definitely. We'd always be like, oh, have you seen this one yet? Have you seen this one yet? Always about people on the fringes of society, Yeah, I think, has been an interest. So now we've finally got a um, a podcast about murder. Um, I think it's that... This topic is so popular now, we don't really need to, to have any major disclaimers. I think it's not that weird to like true crime. Yeah, I think the stigma has gone... You know, you can be into murder and still be a, a relatively nice person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's okay to be into murder. So, um, I've been plugging the podcast a little bit on Twitter. Um, it's called Slaughter the Pod, the account that we're using. Um, we've already got five followers on there. So, if you're already a follower on Twitter, um, you can you can be one of those people who said, I was there. Right you the were there before it was cool. Yeah, you were there before it was a thing. We have already reserved you front row seats to slaughter the live tour. You were there when we conceived the podcast. Yeah, you spunked <laughs> insiders this idea. So thank you so much for those people already following. If not, just catch us on Slaughter the Pod. Um, there's no apostrophe in the title of the Twitter because that's not a thing. Um they just can't hack the level of grammar that we're bringing. Right, we're loving apostrophe. Coming at ya. So the premise is that we're going to do two murders a week, um, one each. I think basically that idea because if you've ever seen two teachers try and teach the same class, uh, co-teaching is not a thing. It does team not teaching does not work. <laughs> so we thought if we took one It's each, more like a death match. Yes. Who is going to win? Who's going to do the most teaching? And we're both teachers, so we just knew that was just not a way it was going to work. So we're going to do one each. Um, first episode, who's going to go first? Da- Lucy! <laughs> really? Decide. Do you want to say it? Okay. Yeah. Um, the idea is that we're going to have a look at UK murders. Um, not necessarily serial killers. It can be one after, but we're going to have a look. Not because we're xenophobic. No. Let me get that out there. But 
I've listened to obviously a lot of true crime podcasts and I keep thinking you know what where are these big hitters that yeah. we keep hearing about and is the UK as bad as America for murder mm. we're going to find out a little bit so I've chosen to do as my first murderer James Fairweather have you heard of him James Fairweather he, is he recent he's fairly recent he's Britain's youngest serial <gasps> killer now, I have just seen a headline and a photograph of him. Yeah. I mean, he's not a looker. Born in Colchester in Essex. So he's, um, that's sort of near London-ish, Essex. Mm. I mean, I'm going to get caught out of my geography. Yeah, it's definitely, like, you can get a tube into parts of London. Yeah, it's on the tube, it's London. But it's, like, it's like Yeah, it's like an hour, though. Essex is quite a big area. So quite... Yeah, it's like, a county, right? Yeah. Quite a, quite a quiet area. I think Colchester... Is a smallish town. Yeah. Quite chilled out. So James Fairweather um, was... I have seen the right picture, right? Like the jam jar bottom glasses. Yeah. Like buzz cut. Like your mum did it in the kitchen. That's him, yeah. Got it. So James was born in Colchester, lived there all his life. He had a normal childhood. Um, He was kind of described as shy and polite at primary school. Uh, His mum said that after he joined secondary school, he began spending a lot of time alone in his room. I mean, if you're going to set alarm bells for a teenager behaving weirdly, being alone in your room, I mean, it's not really... Are, like, the list of things that he could be up to is, like, endless. All teenagers are alone in their room. That's where the porn is. That's where the porn is. That's where you have your first joint out the window. Yeah. Never did it, Mum. So nothing nothing too weird yet. Um, he was interested in darts. He used to play darts with his dad. Yeah, that's a, that's a alone activity in something, your room. Something that was weird... He was called James Feather, Fairweather. His dad was also called James Fairweather. Love when that happens. I think that's so weird. Why would you name your child the same nope. name? I'm definitely going to name my child Emma. Like, whenever I hear a name, I don't prefer it. Like, I, I like my name. I think I'm amazing. Like, if I could choose to name you after anybody, why not the person I love the most? Me. Yeah, of course. I mean, it must be just a post catastrophe i mean it must be russian roulette i feel like it's linked to that sort of they've probably got like a saint george flag hanging out a bedroom window somewhere like that really strong like nationalism you know patriot sense of like you're gonna carry on my legacy even if that legacy is carry on my name working in the call center in colchester yeah (laughs) i mean i guess but i feel like it's that like a sense of purpose of like i'm giving like i've mattered my father was called james and his father was called i mean i get passing on the the last name the family name and he's a boy so he will be doing that but to pass on the first name i don't understand the tradition is it like jimmy one of them's a jimmy Jimmy. yeah So. He received extra support at school. <laughs> he had very good attendance. So he didn't go to special school, but he did have extra help at school. And um, he... I think he did okay at school. However... I don't know. He did, like, it was secondary school. Um, there's kind of confusing reports because some people said there was a trigger and some people said that he just started to go downhill when he got to secondary school, but he did begin to get more violent. Now, I'm not sure what kind of school this was, but... I'm going to say number one, bullying. Um, not massively. You think? Not massively. Like, with those glasses, same name as your dad, like, if I knew, if someone at school had the same name as your dad, like, they're going to get called, like, they're going to say there's incest happening. Although well, you can't, because yeah. he get, obviously gave birth. But, like, the people would make fun of that, for sure. I don't know, it might be a popular thing in Colchester. I'm just thinking of, like, the number one thing where I've seen children get angry is usually because 
like right, well, bad this things are happening. His teacher wrote on his report, in his report, he is basically a thug. And it got oh, sent home. Where was the quality assurance there? <gasps> He's basically a thug. Talk about typecasting. This was not that long ago. But, like, to get labelled a thug, like, he obviously must have displayed a lot of bad behaviour leading up to it. Which should have so been he, mentioned before. He was, oh, FYI, yeah. he's a thug. Like it should be like, oh, today was the first time he hit someone. Not so did he you was know? Fifteen in two thousand and fourteen. So we're not talking a long time. Ago. I was teaching this is then. A recent report. Yeah. that got sent home. A teacher said he's basically a thug, and they thought that was all right. <laughs> we'll send that back. Secondary teacher. I can't what can believe you do? it. I couldn't believe it. So his parents worked long hours. They had lots of time alone. Not unusual. So he was doing God knows what in his house. <laughs> Um, going home, lighting fires, watching porn, feet up on the sofa. Uh, and he lost his grandmother when he was age 12, and that basically upset him quite a lot. And a I lot don't know, people... I'm not a fan of the using grandparents. I know. I mean, it's not normal. It's like, it, if there's one thing that all grandparents do, it's die. <laughs> At some point. Yeah. Um, so, other people's reported a sudden change in year 11. And, um... <laughs> He reportedly said, uh, when asked what he wanted to be when he was older, he said a murderer. What? When did he say that? He said uh, he said it to another kid. But uh, to be honest, kids say stupid stuff to me at school all the time. Of that ilk. Well, I mean, it's not it's not beyond the realm. If I said, "What do you want to do when you're older?" and they went, "Oh, I want to be a murderer," I mean, I probably it's the delivery. I. I you'd sense a hint of sarcasm coming from them whereas I, I assume that he was completely deadpan with not a hint of irony so I mean as far as red, red flags go that one's like flashing neon yeah at the same time uh, he also mentioned about coming to school to shoot everyone he thought that was a good idea he never did that he did he did mention that um, basically he was a bit weird um, as kids but are. why didn't he shoot people America <laughs> because we don't have guns Learn from us. So, he um, he was an outcast. He was alone. He wasn't particularly bullied from what I hear. Um, no, because he'd bloody shoot you. <laughs> yeah, because he was threatening all the kids at school. Uh, he began, began watching slasher films, violent porn, uh, researching different serial killers, and he particularly liked um, Peter Sutcliffe. The, the Yorkshire, Yorkshire Ripper. Yorkshire Ripper. Uh, There's the research. If we're going <laughs> to class researching serial killers abnormal i mean my internet search history we're on a list right now no i think i think i'd seen that rings about i've seen something like again i think it's probably part of the headline or sort of saying spent hours researching serial killers yeah. and i was like if that is something that gets you in trouble yeah. dear god like i don't even use incognito browser I like i really need to computer <laughs> yeah my work laptop i'll just be like oh mary west what's she like um he so this is when he started to kind of do things that were not just talking it was getting a bit serious so he robbed a news agent at knife point in 2014 um and he just took cigars but at knife point i mean that's cigars he just yeah, nice. took cigars obviously he couldn't buy them he thought oh well i'll rob him he went like fuck cigarettes <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm going for I'll a cigar cigars. so um and then he, the reason he got caught, because they phoned the police, but they didn't have a name or, or who it was. But he, he went into school and he bragged about it to his classmates who told teachers, who put him in isolation, um, and then they told the police. So then the police came into school. That's arrested. quite good. I mean, imagine that at school, the police turn up and lead you away. 
I mean, you talk sort well, of judging by his ambitions, he pr- was probably loving it. There's that teacher going, I told you, was it? it was a like, that's your reputation sealed, isn't it? No one yeah. is going to mess with Job you. Done. So he got a 12 month youth referral order, which I've got no idea what that is. I don't know if that's in the young offenders, but um, I think you'll just watched over for a year. Like, like a parole type Because there's thing. nothing about him. I looked and there wasn't much about him um, being in prison. Um, so then for stealing it, as well I don't think you get institutionalised for that I think it's more like you've got a youth worker kind of checking in on you and, and kind of regular trips around the house um, he also had a temper um, and he smashed the windows of a random house because he felt angry one day so he just kind of flipped out so it's not smashing. that polite anymore are we no. oh, all because of nanny what? <laughs> is that why he's angry because she died well I don't know um, so at home he was watching brutal um, porn to get aroused um, and he referred he started referring to women as hot and fit obviously he wasn't allowed to um, sort of sit with other kids at school after this point he was kept in isolation for his exams um, he went in for lessons in isolation so he's kind of kept away from everyone um, but he didn't really know how to talk to women and he was kind of really derogatory and really not a very nice person about women so he didn't really um, I'm at least glad they put me in isolation because I was one of those kids at school that, because I was like a good kid in class, I would always have to sit next to the worst behaved boy in yeah. that class. Like every time, yeah. like there was not a single lesson where I was sat next to a friend. It was like, oh, you can sit next to Emma because she'll make sure you work hard. No, this guy is threatening to rape me every two minutes. Like, yes. it was horrific. When the teacher's not listening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when he was 15, in March 2014 he snuck out of his house um, and he basically wandered the streets looking for someone to attack he decided what? that night that is like some creepy ass prelude so no to Pokemon would... Go yeah <laughs> it's like, it gotta is. beat it's them like, all gotta stab them all <laughs> so he yeah he basically wandered the streets and was like right I'm gonna do it tonight and in the middle of the night was terrifying so he so like little practices for building up to be his ambition of being a murderer yeah like. so Atfield James Atfield a father of five um, had he'd, I know how old was this guy <laughs> he wasn't that old um, he'd basically gone to the wait pub. he was killed yeah I'm really sorry for saying he might be old no he's not old um, he he'd got drunk at a local pub and he basically, this guy had been in a, in a serious car accident and he'd had a brain injury and he'd been in a coma and he'd oh come out of that coma and he was learning to sort of walk again and he was kind of slow in his responses. And he'd gone <laughs> Definitely to, alcohol then. He'd gone to the pub and got hammered as well. And he, on the oh way home from the pub, I mean, it's pretty bad. The way home from the pub, he sat down to rest and fell asleep just randomly on the floor. Not even oh, on the bench. No. And um, James Fairweather on his way along this is a long, young lad we've talked about he um, saw him and he stabbed him 102 <gasps> times in a random attack one of the stabs was in the eye oh my in the eye I, I, mean, I did promise I would try not to gasp when no. you read me things but but it's shocking there. isn't it it's shocking he was do you know what's shocking as well 15. it's like you know if you see I mean not so much anymore but like I mean, our city's done quite well with for homelessness, but, like, when you see someone, like, maybe asleep on the street, like, you never know. Like, I think there's... 
there can be like mm-hmm. a real tendency to just be like oh well they're probably homeless but you they could have collapsed they could have, yeah. have a brain injury and need help like yeah there's a lot of research into that that if people uh, like fall over if they appear to be drunk people won't help them because i did one time when i was at uni there was someone asleep in the middle of the day like in the red hot sun and we went over and helped them and they were pretty aggressive so we we did get the police for them in the end because they were drunk but Mm -hmm. i just think you know what if someone's asleep on the street that's definitely a reason to check they're okay yeah although i can understand why people wouldn't want to put themselves in risk as well because yeah, True. If you just go over to some random, particularly if you're out on your own and it's night and there's someone just lying, I mean, oh it's difficult, isn't it? So, as a result of this, I mean, the community was absolutely gobsmacked. They were they were devastated that this person, a hundred and two times, father of five, had been murdered. Um, That's police, just like played. Yeah. Isn't it? Police found a partial footprint but had nothing else to go on. Obviously, they didn't know it was someone so young. They asked the public for information, um, and three months later there was nothing um because like immediately you hear that kind of thing like oh someone found late at night stabbed that many times like the profile for who you're pick well obviously i'm not a police officer but i'd be like right either seriously mentally deranged yeah. or drunken fight yeah like i wouldn't be thinking oh it's a teenage boy an opportunistic teenage yes, boy because he had nothing to do with it. it was just random so then you had um an, a lady three months later nah Almania, a 31-year-old student. Now, she'd only been in the UK for six weeks um, and she was walking home from a lecture. I don't think this was at night time, but I'm not absolutely sure. It can't and have she, been that late She was, was a found stabbed to death. She'd also been stabbed in both eyes. Um, and, yeah, she, so she was brutally murdered. And Fairweather was, Fairweather was actually questioned about this because they questioned everyone in the area had previous convictions because they thought this isn't someone who's not got in trouble before this is someone who's got a history of violence in some way so he was but he was not held there's no evidence and he denied involvement so he was questioned for a long time there's nothing to go on so then 26th of may 2015 11 months later so he was free after all this for such a long time uh, members of the public phoned the police after seeing fairweather acting suspiciously so basically this woman was coming out of a shop and everyone was on high alert even this long later because they were all so freaked out by what had happened and they'd been quite close by these two murders um, and a woman had come out of the shop and there was a guy hanging around standing around and instead of going past him she walked another way and she phoned the police I mean good girl Yeah, that's really I mean if you ever feel awkward and you think oh I'm going to look a bit weird if I change direction just change direction yeah, because there is that thing. Like, I remember being younger and being like, oh, I can't have people see me walk back on myself. I'll have to walk all the way around this school building or whatever. But, yeah, well done. Because most people wouldn't do that. If someone looks a bit weird... Quick like, in your pace, maybe, oh, or just... Well, I'll assume they're a murderer. But um, good job she did, because she could have been the third victim. Um, so she... Yeah, so he had a knife when he was taken in by police. He'd had a knife in his pocket. Um... Uh, and they questioned him he hadn't done anything um and basically he also had gloves and when he was questioned he he just told them everything he told them about killing two other people he admitted he'd been walking the streets looking for someone to kill um didn't show much emotion he was really factual when describing his actions to the police and he, he blamed voices in his head who told him to do it 
Now, it's a little bit confusing, this bit, because there was no evidence that he'd had mental health problems and he had been looking up on the internet people who had got off for murder because they blamed mental health issues. Right. So he had a lot of knowledge about this. They did assessments. Uh, they diagnosed him with autism, which mm-hmm. was apparently really obvious, but had been completely missed by people. But if people haven't experienced a lot of autism, I think it's harder to pick up than you think. But again, like this is 2014 in a mainstream school. Like I've only been teaching for seven yeah. years and every single year I've taught, I've had a diagnosed case yeah. of autism in my it's class. Not like unusual, It's not uncommon. It? Um, and he also had mental health issues in the families and his defence argued that he was suffering from psychosis but the prosecution claimed that he'd completely made that up Um, but then is it possible to do things like that without a form of psychosis like to to murder random strangers like how can you say that there's not not, how can you say that there's not a mental issue yeah I mean it is mental to to murder people by definition (laughs) it's not normal and it's not it's abnormal behaviour it's irrational it's the ultimate uh, societally not normal behaviour but he was found guilty of murder and received 27 years so he's in prison now Um, I mean uh, could get out in 15 I guess really I mean see for that reason it probably maybe would have been better if they had have convicted him with psychosis um because then potentially he would be in a mental institution and couldn't get out I mean it's weird isn't it because he was only 15 for a 15 year old do you think that's a good idea and he'd, he'd not had any periods of abuse or you know some traumatic childhood like and a granite died yeah like Come a lot on. of times I hear about prison sentences and given to young people and I think oh god that's a life wasted like they've got no chance for them to come out it's unfair but the fact that he killed people he didn't even know yeah like well he could just do that again yeah I mean it's terrifying terrifying absolutely shook the community I mean thank goodness he's been caught because you know there could be there could could have been so many more before he got there yeah because who suspects a total stranger like you it's usually people that you know it's not like he he killed one bloke who was on the way back from the pub in the night then one student in In the the day. day who was not even from Britain so there's no like obvious I mean the stabbing in the eyes was it's just the, opportunistic the isn't it just like oh here I'll have a go at this one yeah totally random totally random terrifying so that is James Fairweather oh a good start a good I like start. it terrifying are we definitely recording Lucy <laughs> Please, they were recording. I'm so devastated. You'd think this was an unnecessary question to ask at this point in our podcast career. <laughs> already having a one. successful web podcast, RuPaul's After Party. But no! <laughs> we still need to check we're recording. This is the first time I've been in control of this. This is the first time I've ever told this story. So. <laughs> my. Don't start angry! <laughs> <laughs> Behind the scenes. <laughs> Um, so sorry guys um, my um, story my murderer that I've chosen I've gone for a totally opposite end of the spectrum so you've just given us a really recent um, recap. really modern yeah Britain's youngest items. serial killer like it's still going on um, I am going for Britain's first 
female <gasps> serial killer. First female. Now, if you were to look up Britain's first female serial killer, you will get this lady, Mary Ann Cotton. If you literally look at maybe two more posts, you will realise that Mary Ann Cotton is not oh. Britain's first female serial killer. Which is logical. I mean, she was around in the, ni- in the 19th century, mm. 1800s, and as long as people have been alive, there have been people that were murdering, right? Yeah. I mean, there's irritating people to get rid of, like... Yeah, I mean, there's got to be hundreds of years of people murdering. Yeah. I just think, obviously, records weren't great, and she um, got very big press at the time. And you had murdering families, like you had Sawney Bean in Scotland, that was really old, like 15th century. That's really interesting you mention that, because actually it's believed that Marianne Cotton is descended from the <gasps> Robson Raiders clan. Oh. I don't know if you've heard of these. So, um, I don't know much about that, because her family is actually, they're situated in Durham, and so close to the Scottish borders. And so, yeah, it's believed that her family have sort of this violent history of being from this family that mm. were into raiding. Which is interesting, because we're actually on holiday in Northumbria at the moment, which is quite near Durham. We are. Um, not where we live, but we are travelling around today. Having a delightful time, picking out venues for the first live tour yes. of this podcast. <laughs> if I say it enough, it's going to come true. It's like I'm Noel Edmonds. I'm going to draw a picture of it on my hand. It's definitely <laughs> going to happen. Um, so yes, so of course she wasn't the first one, but she was the first big one. Um, so she carries that mantle. And there's actually going to be some point soon, it might even have started, but while I was researching her, the trailers for an ITV drama Mm. about Marianne Cotton, not sure of the title, Joanne Froggart's in it, off of Downton. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Filmed a little bit in Durham. (laughs) It's all connected. I'll definitely watch it. I love a documentary on a murderer. This is the unfortunate thing. It's not a documentary. It's definitely a drama. Oh, is it? Um, So listen to this and then fact check no. against it I'm sure they researched a lot more intensely than I did <laughs> than we did for an hour for the podcast um, <laughs> so um, so you have been like you mentioned earlier have been into murder and like weird things for a while so as the first big female serial killer do you think you could maybe guess at what her weapon of choice or what her mode of murder was I think I heard that female serial killers are more likely to stab than shoot people because it's more close range well it's almost the opposite one of the most popular things is the poison poison and because it's more like detached and kind of yeah definitely like you're not actually involved in it you're not actually having to do any sort of like physical yeah I know that makes sense so yeah she was a typical black widow murderess and she poisoned and poisoned and poisoned mm. and poisoned until she goes, poison no more! <laughs> she was just loving it. I mean, never go around for a dinner party at Mary Ann Cotton's. No. Like, I don't think she even knows what's the poison, what's the paprika. <laughs> <laughs> She's got no clue anymore. Um, so she had a massive overlapping of lovers and a massive amount of children in and out of her life, as we're going to find out. Um... So the start of her life, it's believed, had a bit of an impact on this. She was born into a simple mining family in the mining community of the Durham Coalfields. And her father, a miner, died when she was only 10 years old. Um, 
which of course left her mother destitute with these children to look after and must have been at that time for a woman with kids and no husband like yeah because that's your money gone isn't that's your income yeah like what are you gonna do yeah massive struggle so of course mum's gonna have to marry again and in 1848 when her stepfather is moved into the family home she immediately moves out yeah morning was she young um so she would have been about 15 at that time gosh so like old fashioned stepfathers are always like there's never a, like a stepfather's like an evil <laughs> like, oh yeah stepfather you kind of jump to kind of ooh, abuse evil stepfather taking on kids that are just basically like I say the mother's not going to be earning much or if anything mm-hmm. so it's just people so she's straight out the door like bye right? yeah I mean at that time 15 probably wasn't crazy young to have moved out but it does seem a bit of a coincidence. Yeah, most women would wait till they were married, though, wouldn't they? They'd kind of move out when they got a husband. Unless they did like she did, which is she actually went away to work as a domestic servant right. and possibly send money home. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she sure. was working in a middle-class household and it was her job to be a general skivvy and nanny to a wonderful 12 children. <gasps> and she's 15. 15 years old, 12 children. She's like one of the kids, basically. Yeah, I mean... Who's had 12 children? I mean, 12 children. And even if you're popping them out, like, bang on nine months apart... Some of them are going to be older than her, surely. Well, at the very least, they're going to be 12 and down. I think, I, yeah, I think it wasn't that uncommon to have, like, a maid that was younger than some of the kids, but they would just, like, run around doing everything for them. Ugh, oh, imagine rats. how much running around you'd have to do after 12 kids. Yeah. Can you fold that up for me? <laughs> Can you just polish my silver spoon, please? (laughs) Um, Which, I mean, a lot of people believe is possibly why she had such a problem with her own children in that she never actually wanted any. And I can definitely... um, The running around after 12 little brats. (laughs) Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Like, I mean, 12... To be fair, give me 12, I could cope. Like, the 30-odd I've got at the minute... are trying to take them home with you though. <laughs> trying bunch <laughs> I mean to be fair as well as I've learned you only need one knobhead <laughs> to really make it difficult like just one just one can ruin it the for whole game off <laughs> so yeah so um, that was her start in life um, struggle with her mum absent dad like men were definitely the source of your income and the source of your destitution yeah. and the kids were the drain on your time, on your energy, on everything. And I think she was definitely determined, this is not my life. Yeah. Which is why she then takes a slight place in my heart. It's a little bit of a... I think we're sympathising too much with the murderer. <laughs> she was <laughs> a feminist. Thing. She was a massive feminist. You know, I change was... reviews. These women sympathise with murderers. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> These women, she killed men... Because she had to, because she needed a way in life that they weren't providing for her, that the patriarchy was not <laughs> providing for her. <laughs> um, so, her way out of that was to play the game and get married. So, in 1852, still young, um, just 2019, um, she married William Mowbray and moved to Cornwall. Delightful. Lovely. Not delightful. That would have taken bloody ages to get there from Durham in the 1800s. Can you imagine? Would it be horse and carriage? That's like walking to Spain. Yeah, that's that's weeks travelling. Yeah. That's months. Crazy. At least a month. 
And when they got there, they were packed into some sort of shanty town. And it said that she, um, while during that time while they were married, that she gave birth to and lost about four or five children. They think this is before the murders started, that she suffered quite a series of um, unfortunate um, deaths of children. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com ACAST, code ACAST. But so, so we thinking that wasn't murder. That was just yeah. The theorists are saying that that's probably not the murders. It, I mean, it's undocumented, and I think it's just sort of trying to like testament to the terrible living conditions. Um. So yeah, they're back here, well into the industrial revolution boom. There's overcrowding and a complete lack of anything to do. Like she's stuck in the house. Ugh dealing with either a pregnancy or a child and I mean that genuinely does sound like my idea of hell yeah like what she got to look forward to I don't want to sympathise too like much any, but... like literally tell me <laughs> one thing that she has to look forward to another baby she doesn't need like my dad yeah my dad dead yeah okay <laughs> deliver her husband um so at this point she's like okay if anything goes wrong we're fucked and a lot of insurance companies at this time had realised this and had started what was called like a penny policy life mm. insurance. And she persuaded William to take out one of these life insurance. Now, um, again, a lot of historians, a lot of theorists have said, okay, this is a massive red flag. Like, she's obviously trying to get the money. But you would be absolutely stupid not to. Her own dad had died with young children yeah. in this exact same job. And she had seen her mother have mm. to go through this situation. Of course, she doesn't. She knows that's a real possibility. Yeah, no, she's not going to do it. So yes, yeah, so you took out a life insurance policy. Well done, tick, gold star for you. She's always thinking, always thinking. So at this point, she's done nothing wrong. Yeah, at this point, she's done nothing wrong. She's had a bit of a shitty start, but she's definitely. <laughs> Things have happened. That's that, the bed creaking. That's that. the bed creaking. Sorry. <laughs> Things have happened that have meant that I think will show why she started to do what she did. So then, in 1865, her husband, 
her first husband, old Will Mowbray, died of a typhus fever, as was recorded. And she was claimed on his life insurance, which was £35. Is that good? It is marginally good. Marginally good. <laughs> it is about half a year's wages. So oh, I don't think... It, mm, you wouldn't blow it on a holiday, would you? No. And that gives you about... But yeah, you'd think with him working, that like, I mean, she could have had that, like, 70 quid a year if, she, if he'd been alive. Yeah. Assuming that she's murdered him. Well, this is the thing. Um, he dies of typhus fever, which is... Um, you know, obviously you get a lot, quite a bad fever, respiratory problems, stomach cramps. And at the time, it was kind of just like a coverall yeah. for various different illnesses that were caused right. due to the poor sanitation and overcrowding. And is also very similar to the symptoms you get when you're poisoned by arsenic. <gasps> Which was easy to get. Definitely easy to get. Arsenic was just totally common. Household commodity used for cleaning used in mm. some sweets used in candles used in so many things like it was around like, yeah, i mean to be fair shops. i would think a lot of husbands were poisoned i would have been poisoning left right and center <laughs> like if you <laughs> oh i'm sick of him well if you had something that easy colorless tasteless yeah. traceless until long after dead so you can have had them buried I mean, by it then it would be easy wouldn't like, it there's almost no way they can catch you and in a time when people are just dying willy nilly yeah like if you're that way inclined yeah it would be I mean there must have been a lot I don't want to say on. you're stupid not to kill people <laughs> I think that's going one one step too far but if you're but if you're thinking I mean if you had a husband that was beating you and yeah you if you're in a situation where you've got to kill a person like <laughs> I absolutely have to kill someone I don't know what quite what that would be. Um, arsenic would be your yeah. drug of choice in the 1800s for yeah. sure um, so she had a girl I mean she's going to have children constantly so it's yeah, going to be difficult for you to keep up like don't try and tally the boys and girls no. that I'm going to mention they're just all over the shop fertile woman but she had a girl that had died as well as her husband and so she sent her only surviving daughter away to live with her mum at this point Mm. so um, a documentary I watched on her story said oh she clears the decks once more and that was a recurring theme that they felt like she was clearing the decks to move on with her life getting rid of everyone but at this point I'm thinking well if that's literally what you're trying to do why not just kill the other girl and say this illness took over my household they're all dead why save the one so I still like okay. Her husband dies, and she sent one away to protect. Like, for, there can be no other reason than to protect that girl. Yeah. Like, if she's really this sort of killer, yeah, you just yeah. killed the. I other mean, one. she must have wanted her to live. Yeah. So I thought. Oh. <laughs> it gets. It becomes like some sort of bizarre Doctor Seuss like repetitive <laughs> story by the end. So she's on her own, completely on her own at this point. She's got half a year's wages to live on. Have she a nice re- bath, don't have to cook for anyone. The finest tin bath is happening. Puffy up. Bit of Epsom salts. Did they, have, they had Epsom salts then, didn't they? Caustic powder. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she, she realised she needed to work. She starts working as a fever nurse. She's used to it. She's got a lot of experience in fever. And while she was working there, she met and married a guy called George Ward. 
While she's married to George Ward, she also begins affair, an affair with Joseph Natras. Ooh. Important name. He's going to come back. Natras. Joseph Natras. And this is a recurring theme, this overlapping of lovers. I mean... I mean, she's getting them left, right and centre. She can catch a dick <laughs> whenever she wants she's to. She's getting the D. Uh, I mean, partly the reason it's believed for that is that the one really surefire way to get a guy to marry you back then was to have an unplanned pregnancy. Yeah. Because it was still very much, if you got a girl pregnant, you had to marry her. Yeah, that's it. And so she was just basically just doubling the chances yeah. of making it happen. Um, so she was married to George, though, also sleeping with Joseph. And only they'd been married for one year and two months when George died <gasps> of... Typhus. A, a typhus fever. No children from that marriage, unfortunately. But he was gone. So she got his money. Did she take out insurance on it? Um, it? I'm not quite sure. But Joseph moved away. Right. So she's fucked. Naturally. Yes. So at this point, she starts doing what any girl does. We, these days, quick, get up. Literally what I did the other day. Dumped Tinder. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? You don't want to date me? Tinder. <laughs> like, Strong. Like, already got the app over. Got a date for tomorrow. I haven't. But <laughs> with that sort of mindset, she was like, right, answering ads in papers, Craigslist, eBay. Oh. She was like, <laughs> she was looking for vulnerable guys, and she answered an ad. Who's advertising? Um, a newly widowed man oh. named, named James I Robinson. Like a wife, please. Was he was well three pounds. He was asking for help. He was asking for a nanny. His wife right. had died, left him with five children. One of the babies was very sick, and I mean, what do you do? You have to work. Yeah. Again, no benefits, no national health he service. Like he needs money for the medicine. He needs somebody to look after them. He needed a lady in the house. So Mary comes along. Within days, the baby was dead. <gasps> days. days of her arriving, gone. Um, with the sickly baby gone, um, Mary decides to take a vacay <laughs> and go visit her mother. Um, while she's there, she's accused of stealing from her mother. But before <gasps> it can go much further, Mary's mother dies <gasps> of typhus. <laughs> And she brings her daughter home with her that she'd been with her. Uh, so within weeks, less than a month of her mother dying, the sickly baby dying, within weeks of being back, every single <gasps> child in that household is dead. No. From fever, from typhus. That's brutal. Every single one of them. She then is believed that in a vulnerable situation, she had seduced... Um, James they have to get married but the baby that's born dies within three months of typhus of typhus no you're no. getting it <laughs> God, I mean she's a quick worker isn't she yeah like I think at this point she just had no patience like yeah, no. Like, no, maybe, one's ca- no one's clocking on like maybe with her own kids she's like I'll keep them until they're irritating with his kids, he was like, yeah, just get rid of them all. Yeah, done. Like, there's literally nothing holding me back at this point. Um, she did have another child with him. And this was about 1868 at this point. So about 30-ish years old. She's already had three husbands, countless children dead. 
Um, but George, he was... Uh, sorry, not George. James was quite a sharp tool. And he discovered that Marianne had been doctoring... So he's the one of his kids that... He's the one, ki- right. the, the widowed one, and she killed yeah. all of his children, right. then married. Yeah. He discovered that she'd been doctoring the amounts of money in his passbooks for the building society. <gasps> like... I mean, it's not catch me if you can. It's literally just calling, yeah, just writing. It's dead easy to fraud. That's six as an eight now. Um, that she'd been doctoring amounts of money, squirrelling it away, and that he was now in debt for sixty pounds, which so she about a year's wages. She didn't kill him. Oh, because he'd found her out. He was like, get out. Yeah, bye. You don't like you've taken my money. Like I could handle okay. the death of the children because I was getting the poon. Yeah. take my money <laughs> and... I mean he must have suspected those deaths don't surely he's well, like take, kill my children that's one thing like, take you, my you money you can suck the pain away <laughs> but, but take my money no no out woman so um, she's legally married well yeah him. a lot of children have died but when you look in the statistics of the time it. I mean one expert on this documentary I watched it was mentioned that death rates were chasing the birth rates of the line graph like they were t- matching each other um, 2 in 10 children wouldn't live to be 1 year old so 20% of children were dead before 1 in the coal fields particularly 180 in 1000 births were stillbirths so that's almost another 20% weren't even born live so if we're thinking like 20% didn't live to one, 20% were stillbirth, that's like 40% of children who were be living. That's pretty common. Pretty common. But then if we look a little bit further, I mean, obviously she killed other people's children, all of her stepchildren. Marianne actually gave birth to 13 of her own. Out of those 13, 11 <gasps> died of typhoid-related diseases. No. Which is around about, instead of the 40% national average... She's working on 85. 85. Like, she is... That's not unlucky, that's... Yeah, she's up there. She's really pushing the envelope (laughs) on infant mortality over here. Um, And again, it's the arsenic. It's completely untraceable. Like, so Mm. common to get. Like, it was almost like... I don't know. Yeah. Easy. So, she's on her own, completely. She moves in with a friend, a lady friend of hers, who is also living with her newly widowed brother oh Mario kill him (laughs) pretty pretty much pretty much um her friend died after three weeks of her being there (gasps) no she'd signed over her life like in her will she'd signed her life savings over to Mary and she had bigamously married the brother (gasps) because obviously old Georgie didn't give her a divorce don't give her that pleasure and not Georgie so James. James oh gosh these names it's basically James or George yeah. William. Oh, Any Margaret. of the kings. They're done. He'd still married her. So she bigly married um the brother of her friend. She's racking up these weddings. <sighs> During this time. Them. I mean the dresses, darling. Yeah. Pretty same one. Yeah, it's probably just the dress she wears every day. Yeah. Um Ju- Natras, Joseph Natras, devil on the mattress. Natras on the mattress. Is back. She starts shagging him on the side too. Oh, my goodness. Like He's back from all. Yeah, of course. So on the side of this widowed brother. So the widowed brother she's married to. She's shagging... Mattress. Champion of the mattress. After one year of being married, 
to her husband number four, he dies of typhus. Typhus. And in moves Joseph. Joseph <gasps> seems another slightly shrewder character. I wonder how long it was between him dying and him moving in. He was like literally as they're wheeling him out. <laughs> He's just hovering around the door waiting to go. Like, yeah. <laughs> like English A&E. We've got a bed for you! Yeah. How can you get? Uh, so he moves in, which, I don't know, as you could say it's sharp of him not to marry her, but then at the same time, the quickest way for Mary to kill you is to live with her. Yeah. Um, you move in, so he moves in. Now Mary can't stay still. You've got to overlap the men. Like, you can't, like... I think it's a fear, like a fear of any minute now, they could be dead, I could be on my own, yeah. you can't leave it to chance. Like, and again, it sounds like I really sympathise with her, but I, there's that desperation running through of if you don't do something, mm-hmm. you're going to be on the streets, you're going to be on your own. And so she meets a guy at the fever hospital, Richard Quick Manning, starts an affair with him. Like, she can't put it to chance that Joseph's going to be there forever for yeah. her. She's already seeing another guy. So, in order to get this guy a little bit more money than old Joe, oh. she's going to have to get rid of the baggage. <laughs> Starts killing off the kids with Joseph and Joseph. <gasps> They're all gone. 1872. What, Natchez is gone? Yeah. Like, oh. he might have been a good shag, but he didn't have the money that Quick Manning had. Wow. So he's gone. Now, here enters our hero of the story. <gasps> the hero. Da 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 da! Have you um, watched any of the US presidential debates? Not really, not I've no. So, one of the debates, there was this guy called Kenneth Bone. <gasps> Kenneth Bone, what a name. Yeah, already you're in love with him, right? And he know. sort of became a little bit of an internet hero of the. He basically just asked a question. He had a a weird name. Did he ask it in a quiet, sarcastic, (laughs) deadpan voice? He was a little bit of a wiener, I suppose. Like, he had a moustache little glasses Aww. rotund oh, I gentlemen yeah have a look at a picture oh, of we can't because we're in bloody north on the <laughs> I'll show you a picture he looks like a Pixar character a nice red jumper um, and Ken Bone like I say became a bit of an internet hero like a man of the people like he asked the oh. question and we love you um, so our hero is a similar ilk Thomas Riley. He was a local parish relief observer. <laughs> he was basically like a volunteer at the church to go and do the bookkeeping. Like, it's not even your job. Yeah. Like, this is a really boring job. We're not going to pay you for it. I'll do no, it anyway. That's fine. I'll just, I'll just come and do it. I'll just, I'll do um, and he had become suspicious of these deaths. Like, there were. Oh, finally, someone. I mean, she has a back bedroom that is wallpapered with marriage, birth, death certificates. <laughs> like, she has piled them up. Like, she shreds them it's bedding for the hamsters at this point <laughs> so he's suspicious and here comes her undoing um, Mary had one son left at the time she took him to Riley who was in charge of local parish issues and said will you take him into the workhouse he's sick like will you take him I can't cope with him and he rejected him he said he seems really healthy like I'm not going to take your son just that's pretty weird isn't it? Like, you like, can keep your son like I'm not going to take him and she was like oh, no 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 he's really ill like he'll be dead in two weeks all the cotton children die they definitely die you have to take him and she well, say about it. it's was though. right like portentous she said to him no he's definitely going to be dead within two weeks dead within two weeks yeah. oh typhus <laughs> 
<laughs> Typhus fever, of course. Um, so th- at this point, he is like ridiculous. You told me he was going to die. He's dead. So he goes absolutely apeshit. He goes to the GP and he says, right, this death certificate can't be issued. We need an inquest. So she can't claim any... Oh, I love that he can't let it rest. Yeah, he is like, no. I'm going to... He's like, oh, there's something not right here. I'm going to look it up. I'm just going to go to the GP's office. I'm just going to look at the paperwork. I'm just going to look at the paperwork. So no death certificate, no insurance money. Like, this is a complete spanner in the works. Oh, I love Tom Riley. He does. Orders a Reich test for arsenic. Oh, yes, he does. And she is arrested the next morning. (gasps) They then start exhuming more bodies, including Joseph Natras, all of them now showing signs of arsenic no. poisoning. She is banged to rights. I mean, like at the beginning, we sympathised. There's a lot of environmental things, a lot of circumstantial things that you were like, okay, maybe, 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 I mean, I don't maybe, feel so maybe. Bad about it. No, she was just killing them off. Like, I mean, she must have enjoyed it because there were other ways. That, I mean, there was the work. How she could have, she could have just up sticks and left and disappeared. I mean, you could then. You can't disappear now, but you could disappear then. Like, you could just go. She could have gone off the grid. She could have disappeared. yeah, and then married some random mob north or something. So the final twist in her story that kind of led to her being so notorious is that she went to trial and was actually pregnant during the trial. No. So it had to be postponed and then the press got involved. I mean... Plot twist, it's Tom Riley's. <laughs> I mean, but, well, that's basically just... I mean, for several Could reasons, like... Like, it was common. It was known as pleading the belly. Like, women were trying yeah. to maybe get pregnant at that time. So they're more sympathetic. It's, yeah, and they sympathy. But the press just went totally the opposite way with it. I mean, she was a super villain. She was like a local bogeyman. Like the kids would write skipping rhymes about her, (gasps) songs about her. And again, going a little bit back to the feminist issues, like part of the reason they felt that she was so evil was because her crimes were against the nature of a woman. Like because it was the opposite of being maternal, it was thought to be more evil than anything anyone could Mm. have done. Like more than a crime of passion, more than anything else. I think, you know, as some women don't want kids, like... At that time, what could she have done? If people are fucking her, and there's no contraception, like... Yeah, you're going to get pregnant. I'm not saying you should kill your children, but I just <laughs> think... <laughs> I'm not saying you should kill your children. I'm not saying you should kill your children. <laughs> but I think, like... And, and now we are coming from a different mindset. Like, then there's a desperation that we are never going to feel. Yeah. Like, and we, also we are never, we are never. There's no situation that we could be in where we'll feel that fear, where we'll feel that desperation. Not in the UK. Um, so yeah, so things went really crazy. Um, she had her baby, the final Margaret, who was the only one that survived. I was taken away from her, um, in 1873 in January, on the 7th of January. And then on the 24th of March in 1873, Marianne Cotton was hung. And that's the end of her story. So didn't kill her with arsenic, though. I mean, we know that she's a complete sex machine, like, <laughs> killing the men. Do you want to see a picture of her? Go on, then. I mean, yeah. I mean, imagining some bombshell. I mean, she's got all these men falling at her feet. Yeah, I mean, she wants to get married. She gets married. Yeah. So this is... Mate, could you just... <laughs> I mean, could you describe How to the listeners what you're died? saying? When she died, so 73, so she would have been up 40. <gasps> she looks about 75. I mean, she's wearing a polka dot jacket. Uh, More of like a, a poncho, I would go. Yeah, for. with a bow over around her neck, and then like 
It looks like one of those ornate plaited buns on her head, like like an actual like bread roll. Yeah. But <laughs> she's got the centre parting that suits no one. Yeah, and I mean, she's got a mouth hanging open. So like when you're a kid and someone says, you catching flies, that kind of gormless look. Yeah. I mean, she quite I mean, have known they were taking that photo. That was maybe her appeal. Like she was walking around with her mouth open and men were just going, bet she wants a dick in there. <laughs> But really, um, yeah, I showed this to you when my friends. I was like, "Oh, have a look, give me your first impressions on this woman." And he was like, "She must have had some attractive ankles because <laughs> there's nothing that would draw you to her. No, like she's the sort of woman that looks like she has. I mean, she's like, from a thousand cats. Yeah, she's yeah. not. She's not glam. So transport me back to the 1870s because I would be <laughs> queen of the house, sweeping up the man. Yeah. Um. So that's that one. Marianne okay. Cotton, Britain's first female serial killer, but not really. But not really. Thank you so much for listening to episode one. I've really enjoyed it, even though we had to do part of it twice. Um, please, uh, if you enjoyed it, look for Slaughter on iTunes. Um, subscribe to us. Slaughter! It's laughter. It's laughter. Um, please subscribe to us. Please review us. Uh, please tell us what you thought. Um, we can follow us on Twitter as well at Slaughter the Pod. Um, and we will be back very, very soon. Have a great Halloween. And remember, listening to Slaughter doesn't make you a psycho. Killing people does. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.